podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Way. Pod four sixty one, I believe, uh, and it's the week that Palace have drawn one all with Brighton and Hove Albion, extending Brighton's winless run against Palace, I believe, to one thousand four hundred forty four days. Correct me if I've got that wrong. Jack's nodding, so I think I've got that right. It's in that. It's in that region. It's a bit. It's, it's in the. It's in the right region. Uh, Jack Pierce, how are you? Good. Uh, Glad I wasn't asked to do the post-match pod. Mm. Uh, a few days have passed, so yeah, think think I'm ready to talk about it. It's amazing to be, you know, begrudging a point at the Premier League, but that, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah, feeling good. Thanks against one of the league's most informed teams. But but we will. <laughs> it's it's the you know it's it's the manner it's the manner of the the game. I think, I think um, they're, we, they're te- technically they should be known as that lot. So yeah, we'll, that lot. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, I like that. that. Lot. Yeah, that, that lot. Are, are you a fan of sea, seaweed? <laughs> no, <laughs> not, I'm not a fan of any either. of it. No, <laughs> avoid it. As, actively a, avoid it. Yeah, I'm actively avoid seaweed. Can't can't order it. Um, I'm about as much of a fan of that as I am the uh, dirt M23 Zerby, as as highlighted yes. last week. Which I'm, yeah, you told me, and then I mentioned it on the yeah post match. But deserve it. Yeah, that's 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 appalling. Um, that's terrible. Also joining us, Joe Walker is here. Joe, uh, fresh from little nod to me in the players' lounge at the weekend. How are you? Don't undersell it. We had a we had. We had we we hugged. We had we full contact. <laughs> we we uh, our arms docked. That, that's the, that's a, that's the term. That's definitely not I the bet. term, is it? <laughs> anyone coming in? Anyone, anyone joining the pod now? Will be asking a lot of questions. Um, yeah. I, well, I believe we also predicted Palace's goal scorer. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm still surprised by that. You know, it was kind of best case scenario of oh, wouldn't it be funny if mm. because as I'm sure we'll get to. He was the name I think drew the most gasps at two o'clock. Um, I've got a good one on that, Joe, as well. In a minute, I'll tell yeah. the the, two, the best two o'clock reaction possibly in South London <laughs> to James Tompkins playing. But I'll, I'll go. let's get let's get through your admin, Jim, because I'm sure you've got some. Yeah. We, do you know what? We don't have much admin. Let, let's let's do the the main admin, the top billing of the admin, uh, which is a drum roll for a random patron, please. Oh yeah, straight in. It's Rob Billington. I'm pretty sure we had Rob Billington a couple of weeks ago because we oh. made we made I made a West Sussex town joke. Okay, I do you know what in the how long we've been doing Patreon now four years? Yeah, I would be surprised if that's the first time that I've mentioned Patreon <laughs> twice. I feel like I've done it quite a few times. No Rob, one's ever complained. Rob's hitting the big time. So Rob is it, Rob. Rob. He deserves it. Is that, an extra, is that an extra tier of the Patreon that is a, I didn't know was available? <laughs> well, get mentioned twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it um, should be. Just cut and paste the Billington 
stuff from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, was, was it gold? I don't think so, but kind of paste it. Okay. It's late. <laughs> um, well, you can join the patron. Thanks, uh, Rob. Like Rob. Thanks, Rob. Uh, and get your name read out multiple times uh, at patreon.com slash FIP podcast. And there's all sorts of tiers in there. You, Everyone knows what they are now, so I can't bother to say them. But um, yeah, get involved uh, in that. Um, oh, including, I should say, including patrons currently until the end of February have access to a very, very special patron-only sort of merchandise thing. I can't say any more. You only know if you join the patron. There you go. That's a little teaser. Um, can I, I, do... see you, I see what you did there. Yeah. You, you, yeah. It's only patrons that got it. It's only patrons at the moment. Yeah. Come and see, guys. Exactly. Can't say much more than that. Um, can I do a big thank you before we go anywhere to everyone that came to my final or the final outing of my Edinburgh show, uh, which was at Angel Comedy last week. And... Um, Thank you so much. Lots of familiar faces in the audience, lots of patrons, lots of Palace fans in there. Uh, really, really nice to see them. Um, and so, yeah, it was a packed out room, which was great. And it was lovely walking on stage and seeing those familiar faces. So thank you to everybody that came. Really appreciate it. And people that have come to see it. Some people have seen it two or three times in various guises when it was being previewed and then at Edinburgh and finally in Angel. So thank you to everyone that supported me along that journey along the way. Really, really appreciate it. It's been a very fun performing that show. Uh, and there'll be another one <laughs> in about five years' time when I've recovered from it. <laughs> when, when Cosmo's given you more material for... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no sponsor this week, but I'm going to use this bit to do a shout-out to sponsors. So if anybody would like to sponsor the podcast, if you're a local company, Palace supporting or, or South London-based, um, and you'd like to uh, be mentioned on the podcast, uh, get in contact and we'll let you know uh, how you can do that through our sponsorship rates and the sort of numbers we get etc 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 um if you email us contact at fypfanzine.uk or find us on any of our socials at fypfanzine we can have that chat uh right palace one brighton one let's go back to jack for the best 2 p.m reaction to tompkins being named at the weekend massively overblown it now but (laughs) went to the portland arms for the first time before a game haven't been there before where is that? At that Portland Road. Makes South Lord. Yep. yep. Uh, getting there about half one, talking about the game. So who's in the team? Having a chat. Because there'd be no mention of, the, of Chris Richards possibly being a doubt. Like, everyone was blindsided by Tompkins being the list. Anyway, two minutes past two. I need to go to the loo. So I walk, walk past this booth, and there's a guy with his head in his hands, to the point where I'm like, I don't even know if this is Palace-related. So I just, like... Check in on him, like, are you okay, mate? And he goes, looks up, takes his hands off his head, and went, Tompkins is starting. And I was just <laughs> like, wow, wow, this means a lot to him. I mean, it means a lot to everyone, but he had taken that news badly. And if it if we hadn't seen James Tompkins since the Fulham game, I probably would have understood it. But he's actually been okay since then. I wrote him off entirely after the Fulham game when you and I did that kind of two uh, two header. But uh yeah. I, that reaction, I feel. If, if you're listening, mate, I hope when Tompkins nodded in, you you looked up to your stars and thanked them because, yeah, your reaction did not justify James Tompkins' point. Have to have a little more faith. I don't think you overblew that story. That was that was absolutely superb. Although, that was good. when I wasn't sure where it was going, I thought you were going to say, and then I turned to the store, and the man in there was none other than Chris Sharpling. <laughs> Or some sort of random palace <laughs> connection. It was Phil Alexander. No, that no, man right. was Andy Frampton. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved it no. anyway. 
Loved it anyway, great. And we do hope it just, it, it, you know, it's just it, like two o'clock before or three o'clock. It's just so important, isn't it? Just kind of yeah. highlighted. It's, just, um, it's amazing that you met Rob Billington, but um, <laughs> you know, we move in small circles. So he's literally the only patron, so fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he pays a lot of money each month. Um, okay, so Joe, what was your reaction then when Tompkins was and and also, do we know what is up with Chris Richards? A back injury, I don't last I checked, they haven't been very oh they, they might I think they might not know yet the extent of that injury which probably suggests Brentford's out of the question. Yeah. Um, but yeah at two o'clock that team you, I think we expected some absences. I think we expected perhaps maybe one of Lukonga or Hamada to maybe start. Um to have they for them see that there was an additional absentee in Chris Richards. I mean, they could have heard my screams in Sussex. I think I did not. Yes, there was the there was performance at Stamford Bridge that was okay, but that symbolically the Fulham yes. performance even prior to the red was just such a, a sad way to go, but it just showed how much we'd moved beyond him at that point. But, I mean, credit has to be given at that point then. I mean, it was the harshest lesson, Boxing Day, but if you're going to play James Tompkins, I think Vieira has shown now, actually, if this is what it is, you cannot, certainly not in that fixture, you cannot force him to play the way we would like our other centre-backs to play. If he has to start, let's play differently. Let's hit it long. Let's leave him to do the things that he's good at. Um, can't teach an old dog new tricks, etc., etc. But So we approach the game probably differently than we would had we had a full start in 11 which if I'm honest is, there's not been many times during Vieira's tenure where that's been the case I feel like not, it's not quite been the ball levels of this is my way or the highway but we mm. it, it, no he still wants to kind of do things in the way that he does and I think Tompkins starting is why Mateta starts mm-hmm. uh, for example because we are going long and in theory he's gonna be more of a, a hold-up threat than say an Edward or Perhaps are you, um, but that didn't necessarily play out that way, which we might get into. I, I, given the team news at two o'clock and the dread that was in the pub beforehand, it was like we could really get a paste in here, and it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a great performance from us, but I, it also wasn't that. So I'm walking away with deep breaths of relief, exhaling. Mm. I think that might be this week's title, Deep Breaths of Relief. Um, that's really interesting. And I'm wondering then, Jad, I guess that leads us on to performance as a whole because it was a it was it was a frustrating performance, a very flat performance from Palace, and it was not it certainly didn't instill many much confidence. There wasn't much attacking prowess. But I guess you've got two factors. You've got personnel and availability of those personnel. And obviously we know that Richards was out, Anderson's out. Uh, and then you've got system. And some managers are wedded to systems, some are more to personnel. And it almost becomes a chicken-egg situation because, as Joe has rightly pointed out, you then play to the strengths of your personnel, which I guess is maybe one of the reasons Palace then were slightly more defensive slash standoffish at the weekend against a very, very good Brighton team. Um, and you're also, your personnel are out, are out there. You're then relying on people like Mateta maybe having a really good game up top to try and give you something. And he, and he doesn't. He flops. So do we think those... Kind of fat, and actually, it's just interesting the fact that yeah, Tompkins coming in maybe does change the way Palace set up. I mean, is that do you think one of the factors as to why we've come away from that game with a lot of fans 
lot of fans moaning about maybe one of our worst performances in recent years. Um, yeah, pro- probably. Um, they're all factors that contribute to, contribute to that. Um, but there wasn't a Palace fan that left that place on Saturday thinking that we fully warranted a point. So I think we all know, like everyone's singing from the same hymn sheet. At least we're all seeing yeah. what we're seeing. Everybody is seeing a rather poor performance against a, t- a, a, I don't know, a superior team in in all facets of the game. They were quicker. They were they were more technical. Um, they they won more fifty fifties. Um, we we fought hard, uh, and I think you know both you and Robin the post match pod did kind of really try and highlight that, that that we did fight, and you know that's probably what got us the point. Um, and, and Joe's point, I hadn't really thought about, you know, Topkins playing means that yeah. we haven't really got that that ball playing centre-half and therefore we have to go longer to Mateta. Um, I'd probably agree more with that if Mateta could actually win anything in the air. Um, yeah, that's, he, where all, that's where the plan... That's where the plan... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Jean-Philippe, you're going to win the ball in the air. Okay, Gaffer. Okay, fine. And then he just doesn't. Um, and... Well, there was one in the first half where he went to win it and it sort of bounced off him back towards his own goal and he actually looked surprised almost he, that he'd actually there, managed there to There were elements it. where he genuinely looked out of his place on on, on Saturday, um, out of his depth. Um, I mean, he almost became in the second... Sorry, I don't want to make it about Mateta. Your question was broader than just Mateta. But there, there was a, about a 10-minute period um, in the second half and he did win the free kick that led to the goal. Um, so that that was that was, you know, good. But there was an element of almost like court jester about him in the second half, that he's he's literally there to instill some sort of positivity around a place when there really isn't any positivity to be garnered. Um, but look, the, in terms of the broader performance, we, we certainly got away with one on Saturday. No, no, no issues in terms of Brighton fans thinking they had the better, but that makes it all the more hilarious, really, that they're, they're as sad as they are. And that's the, probably the best Brighton team there's been. This Brighton team this season is is probably the best yeah. Brighton team there's been, may certainly since they were. I know, I know it's all relative, but certainly since they got to the cup final in '83, so they still couldn't beat us. I know we play them again relatively soon, um, but I'm with Joe. I walked away, couldn't couldn't really believe my luck to be honest that that we got that point. Um, but maybe it was all in Vieira's plan. Maybe you know give Robert Sanchez absolutely nothing to do. So when he has a very 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 basic goalkeeping task to complete. He makes an absolute meal of it, and um, and we grab the goal that, that earned us a point. We'll come on to that goal in a bit. Uh, firstly, Bloke Ocean. Hey, Bloke um, Ocean. Hi, Bloke. Is there anything more joyous than a totally undeserved point? I mean, sometimes, no. certainly in the Premier League, you do have to kind of indulge in those moments, Jack, don't you? Yeah, and the, the, the he's absolutely right. Oh, sorry, they are absolutely right. Um, or bloke, bloke ocean. Let's go. Let's go with he. Um, they're absolutely right, and against that lot, it makes it even even sweeter. But I, I think it may. Again, all fans are probably agreeing across the board, even those that that are happy with the with the performance on Saturday, if there are any. But it it probably does paper over the cracks. Um, may, maybe the the true assessment would have been if we'd been rolled over two or three nil. But but we go into Brentford unbeaten three at home. That that's positive. Um, Brentford is um, is going to be a difficult one away from home, and then Liverpool comes. The fixtures don't get easier, um, but yeah, there, there's nothing sweeter than an undeserved point. That's, I mean, there is something sweet. It's undeserved three points, but we'll, yeah. we'll take the one which we've also had against Brighton recently. To be fair, Over, when was that? When was that? Benteke's. Oh, I, I thought we I thought we earned it that night. I thought <laughs> no issue. Very good, good acting. Very good acting indeed. Um, we'll come on to actually a bit VAR in a minute, which is almost ironic for Brentford because Brentford were given a goal by VAR or not disallowed on the weekend, which was 
was offside. Um, before we do that, Magic CPFC. Hello, Magic. Magic. Um, Brighton are the best they've ever been. Agreeing with you there. And Palace at the at, at their worst in the Prem. I'm not sure about that. On a scale of one to ten, how funny is it they still can't beat us? I mean, it's it's got to be a ten, Joe. Surely it's got to be up there. Nine or a ten. It's always it's always funny that they can't beat us. It it, it really is getting ridiculous now. And out bar the home performance last season, where with their their late equaliser, and I think we actually didn't quite play them off the park, but I think they were surprised at just how good we were. And that's all we. But other than that, I mean, it's been about most of these three, four years against them. We probably deserved two, three points out of those <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah. We've never had the ball. We've never really had very many chances or any touches in their their box. But we, it, it's almost like the best way to maintain a run of form against the side. Um, it reminds me a lot of when Sunderland would, were in a bit more of a yo-yo period. But whatever happened to them, even if they were going down and Mick McCarthy was in charge, they would still go to St. James's Park and win 3-0 and then yeah. and then to get relegated. Like they just had their number for ages. And I feel like it must be psychological with Brighton at this point because uh, that, I mean, that was just ridiculous now. That's, that's got to be the bottom of the barrel for them. Uh, VAR decision that is just inexplicable. It's not just the marginal one. It's, it's crazy. Uh, a goalkeeping error that isn't even so when it goes in there's a part of me that was looking in the replay is there a contentious jewel yeah. in the air that yeah. uh, that means he drops it no it's just completely maybe I know he's relatively young for a goalkeeper just poor concentration the fact that we probably does the fact that we haven't kept him busy probably does play into the fact that he's already thinking about the counter-attack uh, and they're not focusing on the ball and yeah for a, an 11 it's one it, I don't think it's in answer to Magic, I don't think it's one of the best, the worst Palace, Palace sides ever. No. That eleven is pretty bad, though. That's a, that's an eleven that Hodgson might even say we need more players. Do you know what I'm saying? So there were, uh, without mentioning the man whose name we don't mention, but there were Hodgson vibes <laughs> a, a, a lot on Saturday, from the selection forced, of course, hmm. to the performance. To all of it. Do you, do you really. mean a you mean a front three of Jordan Ayew, John Philippe Nateta, and Jeffrey Schlapp? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it screams Hodgson, doesn't it? Um, um, can I? We'll come on to the goal in a minute, of course, which I think was Palace's only shot on target. I think all game. I think. Um, uh, yeah. Really quickly, then, let's just the, the Brighton. There was a Brighton goal disallowed early on for Estpunian. I think I said that right. Um, which l- looked offside, was given offside. And then it turns out wasn't offside because they drew the lights on the wrong defender. Didn't look offside. <laughs> didn't look offside. I, no. My initial um, reaction was that it was, and I sit right in line with it. Okay. Um, and then, but then when they when they show it on the big screen, and then we can see the TV in the corner. Once you see the lines, you kind of assume, don't you? Oh, it must be, and it sort of did. But then it's, it's from a distance, I guess. Really, so so only when you go home and watch it later on, you realise they've drawn from the from the wrong defender, Robert, Robin Mickelberg. Hi, Robin. Uh, I said, how does it feel to be so confident about the Brighton disallowed goal on the post-match pod? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, before you, before we'd you, watched it. You were uh, very, you were very... When it uh, has been one of the certain. most scandalous errors of the weekend. <laughs> um, so we'll be really brief about this then, I guess, because, Jack, it wasn't offside. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, John Brooks has been deselected for two games this week. I think he missed, he was meant to do the Merseyside derby. He was also meant to do uh, the game tonight. Uh, Arsenal City and he was deselected but 
having watched a demo of VAR when it first came out and how it's going to work, I think the actual mistake was made by like the Hawkeye operator in terms of allocating the line to... Yeah. Was it Tompkins they allocated it to and it should have been allocated to Gay? Yeah. Is that right? Have I got it the right way around? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So, Brooke, but Brooks is there to like get that right. So he's the one that should have said, I oh, don't think you've got the right you know, set of legs there. So, so hang on, Brooks was the VAR ref? Brooks was the VAR and I think the actual operation in terms of you know clicking the lines and doing all that... I think it's the company. I think it's Hawkeye who actually do. If it's not Hawkeye, it's the name of whoever the company is. So, so actually, without, it's the without, Hawkeye operator who's made the mistake. into the minutiae of like who stands where in in the VAR bus. But <laughs> I, I, I basically VAR ref is in charge, and then yeah. I'm guessing he's got assistant VAR assistants there next to him. You, you, you sometimes get shown it, don't you, with the big screens? You're all yeah. in that big bus, yeah. Yeah, like old Annie Tanzin, Ali old tactics chart. One of them is a Hawkeye guy, then I guess, mm-hmm. or is that is that is that external? Is that from elsewhere? Where does this? Well, I'm actually the... intrigued now as to how what the makeup is. Of, I, of I think it certainly it, it certainly was when it was launched in 2019 20. If that was the season it first started, whoever the software provider were at the time, they were the ones that were in control of actually allocating the lines to the right players. That may have changed the the VARs, the PGOML. PGMOL uh, referees may well now have learned how to use it themselves, and they might be the ones clicking it. But certainly, going back in time, it was the it was the uh, employee of whoever the software provider was. So I understand that it's them who made the mistake in allocating it. But John Brooks is there to actually make the decision, and he should be the one inspecting where the lines are being allocated and confirm. Oh, actually, sorry, mate, can you move it to the other guy? Because then that completely changes the the decision I'm about to tell Michael Oliver to to make. So. Who, anyway, whoever makes a mistake, it's ridiculous. Um, most expensive uh, league in the world, best league in the world, as we're always told, and they're making errors like that. We come out on the right side of it this time, um, but not a good weekend for officials. Absolute no. joke, to be honest. It's less PGMOL and more PGLOL, I think. We. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Joe, turn what was off, your reaction turn up, then? Turn off <laughs> now, Lister. <laughs> Immediate break. Um <laughs> We will have a break in a minute and we'll come back and talk about the goal. But Joe, so Joe, what was your reaction? And you you didn't think it was a sorry, you, you didn't think it was oh my god, I'm getting confused. It was offside initially. I I I thought it looked in line. I was a bit I was a bit concerned, but I was also, you know, more hope than expectation from the VAR decision. Um I can just about see where I am. So I'm in I'm in the main stand in line with the edge of the penalty area, essentially, hmm. uh, on the on that side. So pretty good view of the incident, but Behind me, in the back corner of the main stand, uh, on the right-hand side, is a... Well, I think it's where, say, the the, the scoreboard operators are and the internal Palace team. It's where, so, it's where the media team are. Yes. And if you look, they have a big screen in there that you can see from 20, 30 rows away. Yeah. That is the main feed that they aren't allowed to show on the scoreboard. And... It's just about far away enough that you can't actually see what, from there whether it's onside or offside. So you're just waiting for the line to be drawn and whether it appears in green, green as onside yeah, green or block. red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it just you're just squinting really badly and you just see the red block and everyone just... We, we knew about, I'd say, 10, 15 yeah. seconds earlier than the rest of the ground. It's basically that corner, probably from right in the corner to probably where you are, which yeah. is sort of the left of that gang, the sort of second or third gangway. Whenever there's a decision, all those heads are turned yeah. in that corner. Everybody's looking in that far corner. Yeah, there was a. I'm trying to think of the other time when it actually worked. I think 
you remember the goal against Wolves last season? Uh, Wolves goal that was, I think, disallowed. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it was later given. Mm. That was the first time I think people became aware that this is a... Uh, suddenly that's more important and everyone's watching over that corner. But it's, it's a great feeling when it does go your way. Box um, office are going to be dealing with a huge amount of requests to sit there next season. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you better look after your seats. Lock up your seats now. Quite. Um, but yeah, I mean, the decision, having then... I didn't see it till the next morning... And I, I couldn't believe just how, like, just obvious that is for a sort of, for all that, it's, it's, it, it makes pre-VAR mistakes look bad, yeah. like really bad. You know, you, you, it's just the standard, if not lower than those mistakes or errors with millions of pounds, tens of millions of pounds of technology in between to produce worse results. So... Yeah, I, could you imagine, if that had affected us in any way in terms of the result, I, I think we'd be incredulous. Yeah. So it, it's only the fact it's them that makes me kind of just shrug it off. But that lot, bad really. That yeah. lot. <laughs> the, just before we break, because I think we should cover the referees and just be done with it, because obviously we, we talk about them most weeks now. But the VAR decision to not advise Michael Oliver to go and have a look at the monitor for the tackle from Alexis McAllister. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, at the time, I thought it must be a bad one because Michael Oliver's brandished a yellow card almost immediately within the first 10 minutes. You just don't see that very often. And then you see it. I know know you see a still and any photograph can look however you want to interpret it. But, I mean, apparently the the explanation from John Brooks and from the PGMOL on that one, really, I can't say that, PGMOL. I'll practice before next week, I promise. (laughs) Um, he uh, said it wasn't a red card, or the PGMOL said it wasn't a red card, because it was on his shin pad. Like, I, I don't understand. Well, if he wasn't wearing a shin pad, it would be a red. Yeah, is it? Yeah. And I just, I, they're making it up as, as the weeks go on, to be honest. Um, and I, I, as I said, I've only seen a still of it, but I have seen it back. But the still in particular makes it look really bad. You never just want to go on one image, but McAllister got away with one there. That 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 was a bad tackle. Yeah, yeah. If, it, if anything makes up for it, it's the fact that he probably on his own could have scored four or five. Yeah, and <laughs> so most the vast majority of those finishes were really tame. That free header. Yeah, it's almost like an apologetic. Yeah, yeah. Apologies guilt. for that. You shouldn't okay. have been on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually haven't seen it back because every time someone tweets it, it gets taken down really quickly. So if anyone has got a link to it, don't send it to me because I don't like watching illegal streams of football. Hey, look. You can racially abuse who you want, but don't you dare share yeah, any any sort of footage, okay? Agreed. Um, Paul Deason says, John Brooks is a Palace fan, uh, although he's clearly forgotten about the McAllister bit. Anyway, uh, we are going to talk about the goal. Of course we are, but it's time for a quick break. So when we come back, questions, and we'll start off, of course, talking about that goal. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. 
Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. A savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Podcast. Away. Part two, which is question time from our listeners. We're going to start with a question from uh, Mr. Jim Daly, a uh, big fan of the podcast, apparently. Hey, Jim. Um, and we'll, hi, Jim. Thanks for your support. Um, uh, not a patron, though, apparently. He doesn't um, <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> um, we will come on to a question in a minute regarding the goal. Of course, so James Tonkins gets equalised with Palace, nodding in after Sanchez. Uncharacteristically, it should be said. Drops the ball under basically no pressure um, at all. Um, it's it was a very weird goal, Jack, wasn't it? That's my question to you. It was a weird goal, wasn't it? This is why I don't normally send any questions. Let, let me let me turn it around and let's turn it into a great goal. Let's give James Tompkins credit <laughs> for not turning his back and starting his jog back to his own spot because that free kick was crap from Elise, who's as you can see in the replay, he's livid. With himself, and even when Tomkins nods it in, Elise is still thinking about his delivery. It's catching practice. It is. It's like when you see Dean Kylie kicking the balls into the area before the game for the for the keepers to come out and claim it. It really is catching practice. So for James Tomkins to stay alert and, and wait to see if Sanchez does claim it cleanly and and then be there to nod it in, you know, let, let's give him some credit for that. But yeah, I can't think of a. I mean, the goalkeeping howlers do happen most weeks in some degree and you know keeper could do better Melier lets one through his hands last week against United that type of it, a mistake is what you do see but in terms of basic goalkeeping not being you know completed like that that's probably one of the worst I've seen this season for sure probably one of the worst I've seen at, at Palace to be honest and again yeah. Joe the fact he, he is a very solid goalkeeper he's not an you know some keepers are Error prone, and they and you know, and they just do, and it's just something that happens, and maybe they've got other attributes that make make up for it. But he is a very solid goalkeeper, so I think, I mean, absolutely, I agree with credit to Tompkins for staying alert. But it's more the shock and surprise that a goalkeeper of that quality would drop a clangor of that magnitude. Yeah, just just bizarre. But um, you know, you take it, and I'm, I'm, 
given as I, the, the pre-discussed uh, shock at a Tompkins start and the dread, I was also therefore really pleased that it was him that was the beneficiary of it. I agree with that for sure, yeah. I mean, some of these, you know, we've seen moments, uh, not necessarily just in the Fulham game, but earlier on as well. Anytime under Vieira where Tompkins, you can see the the confidence leaving him across the 90 minutes where he's increasingly being seeing more of the possession. There might be an error and then it would lead to the next time there's a passage of play with Guaita playing out. Tompkins would, you'd see him visibly going like, no, 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 I don't want the ball to go that way. And that that's just not as heartbreaking, really. It's not what you want to see. And But I felt like he just, he put his head down and just went to war on Saturday. You know, I don't think I could really fault him for what he was entrusted to do. Uh, I, I think some credit to Nathaniel Klein as well on that side, by the way, for mm. the Matoma job. He, he was essentially overdone on... The, the wing back overlapping for the for the for the goal, but yeah, I, I I'm just really pleased for him. Again, every time he plays, I feel like it could be his last game for Palace. Um, that's a much if it is, that's a much better note for him to finish on. And uh, you know, it, it was he could have quite justifiably cut the ears, shift the fans <laughs> or anything like that. But no, his reaction for which is second goal v Brighton, by the way, is to uh, to. Pat the chest and the badge, and I thought, good on you, man. I think he's now joint second with Luca for players in the current Palace squad for goals against Brighton. Lovely. So there you go. Goal more machine, than more James than Will. No, no, joint second. So with Luca. Oh, sorry, joint Will's, second. Will smiles. Will about to say sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, when he came up for that set piece, I, I turned to the bloke next to me and I said, he's the only one that I think is a, is a threat there. I didn't mm. think he scored. I, I didn't think we were going to score. I thought the game was kind of gone by that point. Um, but he was really the only one who looked like he knew what he was doing as he came up for the corner, uh, for the for the free kick. So good on him. Striker's instinct. I mean, I want to ask a quick question about him, but I'll firstly read this question from Scottish Chef. Hello, Scottish, Scottish Chef. Oh. Which is basically saying what you said earlier, Jack. How much of a tactical masterclass was that on Saturday? We let them have all the ball, didn't work the keeper, and then when we did, he messed up. Genius from Super Pat. So I'm loving that Absolutely positive spin. Right. Yeah. Has Tompkins, Jack, made up for the Fulham game then? With this um, and goal, yeah, probably. And has he? And yeah. sorry, as a wider question, has has he sort of redeemed himself? I guess because I think a lot of us thought that was the last time we'd see him in a Palace shirt. Yeah, I think a lot of us probably thought that was the last we'd see of him. But, but then you just think living a dream world where no player gets any injury. Yeah. So if he's our fourth choice centre half, he's probably one of the better fourth choice centre halves to have in the league. He's certainly got to be great for the dressing room. Um, been with Palace now for, for what, eight years? Is this his eighth season at Palace? 2016. 20, 20, was it 2016? So, seventh, seventh season at Palace. Um, Is that right? Or was it 20? No, it was 2016, wasn't it? Yeah. 2016. Um, and I'm with, I'm with Joe. I, I, I'm, if that is the last we see, and every, as Joe says, with every performance you see from him, you're like, well, if Anderson and Gay are both fit, we're very unlikely to see him. If we extend to a back three, then that'll be Richards playing, and Tompkins will only play if there's absences um, from others. So, if that's the last time we see you see James Tompkins in a Palace shirt running away having scored the equaliser banging his chest, then then I'm here for it. But yeah, I think he probably has made up for that because he he earned us a point with the only chance that we had in the game. So yeah, good on you, James. I wonder if he'll get into sort of Joe Ward territory of well, if that's the last time we see him, if that's the last time we see him five years later. Well, if that's the last time we see him. Um but he has there was a nice moment, Joe, after the goal, where I mean, as you said, like you could have 
it's not in his nature, but he could have legitimately cupped his ear or whatever. But he, he really... <laughs> Where's he, that FYP lot? <laughs> Where's that Sutherland? Um, he... They had a they had a huddle. They had a, they had a little huddle right down by our, our corner, which which went on longer than your usual huddle. So you can only imagine there was some sort of um, team talky style comments going on in there, maybe from him, maybe from someone else. And then he did a fist pump to the main stand that, that genuinely looked like someone who cares, you know. And, and I just wonder if you know, talk about moments and seasons, don't we? But this ridiculous goal, we've, we've been really struggling at the moment. But you saw in that in that huddle, this is a team that still is playing for each other. I totally agree. I, I, I was talking about this after the game. I feel like we have issues with personnel and sometimes management doesn't try, doesn't adjust accordingly. I, I think Saturday's actually has turned out to be an example where that's not the case. Um, but I don't question the players playing for the manager. Whether they're good enough is or in the right positions, that's, that's different. But I feel like when they play, they all put in their best. And this is, you know, surprise. You know, you step back. There's a few players in that team on Saturday that are veterans of that fixture now. Like Schlupp must have played in a yeah. sort of a dozen of those. Tompkins certainly been in match day squads for a bunch of them. Ward uh, didn't start, but you know, is is another of those players that still hasn't he lost. Owns, he he still owns hasn't them. lost. He owns yep. them. Yep. Exactly. So. They know how much it means. MacArthur back in the squad, by the way. Yeah. Huge. I, you know, I don't think there was ever plans to play him for very long, uh, unless there was a disaster struck. But, yeah, like the, in, I think you still showed that there are players in this side that know the importance of it. And even first half, especially, Michael Elise was coming back to the edge of the penalty area, slide tackles and getting stuck yeah. in. I was like, this is not a side that is going, you know, we've had some issues where we've had struggled to get the ball to our most exciting creative players for recent weeks and months. And he actually gave the impression of somebody that was like, I'm not just going to down tools and, and get the hump with everybody. I'll go, right, I'll go down there and get it myself. And I'll, I'm all for it. You know, I actually, I actually thought we started quite well. I thought the first 15, 20 minutes we were, we were good. Will Hughes played, played really well. Um, was was reading their passes and made some really good interceptions. It's just we couldn't do anything in the final third. Yeah. Just you know, every time we got in that that part of the pitch, we we couldn't do anything. And then that 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 didn't change for the rest of the game really. Um, but Brighton kind of got on it, and they were they were from about twenty minutes in, they were really dictating the, the play and and everything. But no, you're right. The 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 bodies in the in the camp still still know what that means. Um, and then that huddle was 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 really good to see. I think it was Mark Gay who was doing a lot of the talking and he had the armband. So, you know, good on him for stepping up and doing it. I know lots of people want a melee type or they want a Jeff Thomas type, but not every captain's going to be like that. Mark Gay certainly doesn't strike me as the the kind of shouter and beater. So, um, but he he well, he stood up at that moment and, and I think was basically saying, right, there's a point to be had here now. Let's let's keep it. Probably realistic in the sense of they weren't going to go and bag in another yeah. two or three. So. Um, that that was good to see, and it was it was a battling performance. And there's if there's positives to take, it's that we are still battling in games yeah. like that. And you know we we took a valuable point because again some results below us could have increased the pressure a bit. Leicester turned over Spurs, and you know it's we're not entirely safe. So it's a good point as well. Respect the point. Um, Gareth Richards has said uh, hi, Gareth. Hi, Gareth. The TV commentator on the USA, Fred. I think it means feed, unless the commentator is called Fred. Uh, said it best. Outplayed, but not outscored. 
other than that, I've got nothing. Gareth from California. Thank you, Gareth, uh, for that. Um, off the back of this, and I gave you guys a bit of time to think about this this week, although I've realized just now that I haven't thought about this. But anyway, um, I say, Eze is a vibe. Uh-huh. I say, what are your favorite howlers other players have made against Palace? Uh, he wants to figure out the howler hits. And he has met, he's apparently asked this to uh, back of the nest as well. So I don't know if they've answered it as well. Maybe right, hang on, let me just give, give me a chance to listen to that. And go I'll, and see what uh, they uh, said. <laughs> um, howlers, who wants to go first? I think Joe, because he has actually he has actually got an answer. Okay. Yeah. This this one, I mean, I'm going back a little bit. I, I actually need to check what year it was. Um, Palace at home to Birmingham City. Finishes. We are losing one nil at home to Birmingham City. We have not had a sniff reel, or we've just not played well. We're we're into injury time. We are losing this game. It is what it is. There's a long hopeful ball upfield. I can't even remember who the the winger is. Maybe it's Julian Gray. It might even Steve predate. Evans. Steve Evans. There you go. It predates it. Um, Steve Evans is chasing this lost hope, going down the left. And it's literally on the, the 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 left edge of the penalty box down the left wing, on the corner of it. He's in a foot race with Gary Rowett, yeah. who's in a desperate attempt to just deal with it, gets a foot in on the bounce and lobs his own keeper yeah. in the last minute of the game with one of Palace's only shots that day from the edge of his penalty area, from that corner. It is the most crazy own goal uh, for I've seen from another team against us, and we didn't deserve it. And but obviously, Sellers went absolutely postal. It was great. It was like postal. Postal. <laughs> I love that. Just like you know, this when they, when you feel like you've been given a free goal. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling, but it's, it's quite incomparable. And yeah, that one always stuck in my mind because you know the, the ground was basically empty, empty at that point, and so the hope was totally gone for so for us to just get this bonus point out of it was uh, quite funny yeah and it was very you know similar to to saturday as well in terms of not really deserving anything and, and obviously that was what 99 so we, we were really down in the dumps at that point yeah. and, and every point felt like three really because we were hemorrhaging players and money and um and that that particular own goal the the physics of it i still can't really get my head around in terms of the the the, the challenge and it he couldn't do it. If he was to do it, if he asked no. him to do it deliberately again, he wouldn't be able to do it. No, completely right. Just one of those. Probably Steve Evans' only real contribution in the Palace shirt, I think, as well. I think he left soon after. Not sure where he went to. I'll Google it as we talk. Just to um, confirm, not, not the same Steve Evans that's managed Rotherham. And no, not that. No. Great. There's two Steve Evans and that's yeah. Steve Evans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Bit harsh to uh, to associate our Steve Evans with that Steve Evans, actually. Sorry, Steve. Um, uh, I wonder where he is. Um, anyway, Jack, do you have? I do have one. It's not as good as that, but no, mine's one? not as good as that. But it's just but something, and I think it's maybe the goalkeeper side of things. Um, still in my mind, but I wasn't there. But the I may have said before, but I I watched the ninety three ninety four season review to death to the point where I broke it, and my dad had to go and get me another copy of <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> and within that video, we beat Peterborough four one at home on a looks like a cold. Miserable Tuesday night. The pitch looks atrocious. And in goal for Peterborough that night was Fred Barber. I never, I'll never forget the name, Fred Barber. Um, and I think, I seem to recall that game, he basically gifted us the win. 
he gave, he gives away a penalty, he goes walkabout, and we scored from the halfway line or something terrible. So in terms of performance, I can't remember any particular goal, but I just remember watching that video thinking that guy's, even as a, like a five-year-old, remember watching the video thinking he's not had a particularly good night. But then there is another famous video that crops up, I think probably each year. It's on one of those uh, Twitter accounts where it's like crap football of the 90s or something like that. Mm. And we're at Loftus Road and we beat them 3-1 and all three goals are horrid. <laughs> they are literally like... I think one's an own goal where he lit the guy literally heads it against his um, teammates back and it goes in. Um, I think that might be the first season of the Premier League or maybe the last season of Division One. I'm not quite sure which year it was, but yeah, look out for that video because all three goals are horrible. If you're a creepy PR fan that night, you'd probably leave thinking I'm never going back to watch that lot ever again. It's the opposite of the Wolves game where every goal yeah, is an absolute every goal's cre- Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. earned that win at Wolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, great options. Mine. Um, I'm either going to go with uh, Troy Deeney's own goal at Sellers a couple of years ago, which yeah. was Palace's only shot on target. I don't think it... I, well, I, I think technically it didn't even count as a shot on target. So I think oh, right. we won, so we had, we won no a game shots. with no shots on target. <laughs> I mean, that is a that is a, a gift. That is an absolute gift. And that I know, was, Well, I know you hate the phrase, but that is Roy Ball. That is Yeah, ultimate. but it wasn't. It wasn't. No. It was Allardyce, I think. Oh, was it? it? I think it was in that run. Of no, you're right. You're right. End of it that was, season when we were that desperate for points. So that was a that was the Allardyce ball. Yeah. The other one that's just come to me as you were talking was down at the the uh, the new den or the old den. I'm not sure, but down at the den. And Palace, I think, won four one in the nineties. And George Endar oh, got a yeah. couple. Might got a hat trick actually, but I got a couple. And the fourth, I think, is a really tame bicycle kick. And I can't remember the keepers. In my head, it's, 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 it's Casey, Casey Keller. It's Casey, Casey Keller, Keller. with hair. Yeah. With a mullet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just, he goes to scoop this. I mean, it's literally somehow a P-roller from a bicycle. Goes to scoop it and completely misses it. Yeah, and and it's in shout. the back of the net. And that is a howler, I think, of that's, uh, um, I'll tell you epic what, that, proportions. That, that is proper vintage London Tonight highlights as well. <laughs> that is great yeah. stuff. Great yeah, stuff. With Alistair, what's his name? What was the guy who used to host? Uh, Alistair Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Alistair Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. His, uh, his, his son, by the way, is uh, uh, Alex Stewart, who works, who does the athletic and the TIFO stuff. And, oh. Didn't yeah, know that. I don't know if you follow all that yeah. stuff. The, the Alex, animate, the Alex animate. Stewart is a Nepo baby. Did not yeah. know that. That's interesting. The, the, you know, the animated kind of uh, tactic yeah. breakdown. Love their stuff. stuff. They're yeah. very good. They are very, very good. Must indeed. be a thing about um, politi- political reporters and their sons, because doesn't Nick Robinson's son work for Palace? Isn't, isn't, isn't he the club Will. commentator? Will Robinson. Oh, well. Oh, it might be. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Um We've got loads more questions. We are sort of running out of time, so I'm going to put this one to you. We we sort of talked about it earlier, but I, I guess it is one of the things that people are talking about, which again, is sort of style of play. But it's from Chris McCartney, fifty six. Hey Chris. Hey Chris. Hello Chris. And he's put, "Why are we as bland as dry toast?" <laughs> now, now, my immediate response would be, "Isn't all toast dry until you put something on it?" Technically, I think maybe Joe. That's the analogy for Palace. We, we just we, need a we, little bit more butter. We're being buttered up this week by <laughs> Vieira and, and the tra- on the training ground. Um, I, I, I've been trying to protect my optimism recently with reasons to be excited or, or reasons to not be too despondent about games like we had and performances that we've had. And I think we've somehow, I mean, Saturday's not the best example of it, but we've been slightly hard to beat. I, I don't think we're as terrible uh, d- defensively i still believe that we can get scrape points from games goals are the concern they can't hide from that at all 
Um, but the thing is, we're not at the at this point in time in a position where, well, this is just this is just it now. Let's just see how this this group of players gets on because we still have a group. We still have some players that are yet to make their impression on this team yet. The big issue for ages, we thought was midfield and getting the energy back and and the transition from defence to attack uh, quicker. And we've got two players in to essentially deal with that in in Lokonga and Ahamada. But, you know, they've only had sort of 30 minutes between uh, together playing. Uh, Lokonga, I imagine, is the more likely to start sooner rather than later. But having said that, I thought Ahamada's cameos, Mm. both cameos were... Pretty exciting to me, you know, for a player that we're told is more of a long-term prospect. I was very impressed when he came on. Should have should have assisted at Old Trafford, but for him a Tesla header. And then uh, the Brighton game, I think he nutmegged somebody. And yeah. then there was an exchange at the end of uh, uh, at the game with where Edouard, if he yeah. times the return pass back, it's not a good return. No, we're then we're suddenly through on goal, and that would have been. One, that would have been a, another incredible robbery if uh, we'd have then gone on to win that. But, you know, we perhaps have seen their integration into the team a little slower because of the intense fixture schedule we've had and because those games were Manchester United and Brighton rather than, say, I don't know, Southampton and Leeds. But I'm really, you know, what we should look to that. We should look to the fact that we may have had to wait for reinforcements, but they are here now. And we're going to slowly see them come in as first team players are coming back. It fit first team starters are coming back into the side. It may still yet we may still yet see a totally different performances. The pre Christmas level of performances. Uh, I pretend that Forest didn't happen, even though I went. But the kind of the some of those kind of games against the bottom half sides before the World Cup, where you know when when the time came, we 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 would turn up and we would get we would get goals and points enough to get us over the line. And maybe Brentford is not the team and the, the game where that happens. Uh, I think Liverpool might, we might have a better shot, <laughs> uh, although their players are coming back. But we, we saw these, we saw January, February, and March as horrible fixtures. Um, we've got to endure it. But I, I just think, you know, got to retain that positivity and hope that the team seem to be, based on what we were talking about earlier, the players are seeming to let it bounce off them at least. I think they the energy between them doesn't look like a it doesn't reflect the lack of form in terms of one win in eleven or ten, whatever it is now. They're, no, they're, they're, they're yeah. certainly a united lot, aren't they? Yeah. Like there, there's there can be no accusation that there's uh, any difficulty in the camp. Um, or no dressing rooms being lost or yeah, any of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None, none mm. of that. Um I don't, uh, just the point about Lakonga, I thought he he looked quite accomplished when he came on. <laughs> Hughes went off with an injury, but I think he probably would have only been on for another five ten minutes because he had that booking. Um, so you come, you kind of take a player off to protect him from the yellow, and then the replacement gets a yellow card within I think probably yeah. sixty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is a shame. But I thought he he looked quite accomplished. I think you said on the post match pod, Jim, either you or Rob said in terms of comfort on the ball, he looked quite accomplished and. And just looks like he's um, he's going to do a job for there for us there if, if we need it. Um, and I, I'd expect him to start on Saturday in place of of Hughes, who who did have to go off injured. So uh, yeah, and Ahamada, I don't know where Ahamada came from. Ahamada, um, yeah, quite an impressive little cameo there. Um, the one thing he did do really well was that run. And if Edouard just makes that five yard pass, then we might be talking about a famous Palace win. 
the the problem without and again we've got to take a break in a minute without sort of bearing too much into sort of um transfer plans and stuff although i will really quickly thread that question from tw tdwl78 who says i want adama t and saint m troy rn so maximum in case anyone wasn't sure oh, right. yeah in the summer neither will score but they'll entertain am i dreaming that's a very palace approach to a question, I think um, there. Um, um, I mean, putting two hundred thousand pounds on the wage bill for no extra goals no is probably a little bit <laughs> yeah. dangerous. But but just really quickly on Abada, who, who I thought looked good as well. But Joe's point is interesting because yes, he's a player for the future. But whenever you're a team player, team like Palace, you've got to have two strands, and one is building for the future, and that's why we bought Elise and Eze and Gehi, and knowing they will turn into sales down the line. But your short term plan has to still be in the Premier League because 100%. once you do that. That money drops. That, that whole that long-term first, structure yeah. goes out the window. Yeah, it's it's non-existent. You can't do that anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, he he looked like a, a player that, in terms of technical ability and and, and technique, is is there. He, he looked like he could certainly compete. But it was I noted that he was put on the the right side of the front three rather than in midfield where he's been playing for Stuttgart. So maybe it's about that development that he needs to learn. Maybe maybe he's not got the full package as a midfielder from Vieira's perspective and that's why if we do see him it might be higher up the pitch because I think uh, with the analysis that came with his signing is that if he's got shortcomings it's defensively so the last 10 minutes in a rival against a rival is probably not the best idea to bring in a lad who doesn't really know how to keep defensive shape so uh, but no positive thought him and Laconga certainly look like they're going to add something for um, for us between now and the end of the season but as Joe said Elise says you know that was something that came with Elise from from Reading, but his defensive side has has clearly improved, yeah. and you have to credit the manager or the coaching staff with that, I guess. So he looked um, um, he looked really up for it on Saturday. Yeah, Elise, he he looked like you know he's he's really got the the Palace bug and uh, looked like he he wanted to fight and he could, didn't have the impact that he probably hoped he would, but as you both say, he certainly did his bit defensively. Absolutely. Um, that is the end of questions this week. Thank you to all your questions. Please keep sending them in each week. After the break, winners and losers. Podcast. Uh, it's time for winners and losers. This is a patron only section. So if you want to hear who our winners and losers are for the weekend, uh, join our patron, patron.com slash FYP podcast. For that extra content every week, post match podcasts, merchandise, Discord, oh, loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. And you can chat to Rob Bellington as well. Um, let's go with Joe. Let's come have to, to get your... him on at this rate. We will. Actually, he needs a sort of contributor credit of some sort, doesn't he? Um, Oh, the thing that's really, the really, the, the, the great concern for me is that Brighton make players that that they they've got a really good team, but like they, you make Lewis Dunk look like fucking Beckenbauer. I know, and 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 that's the I, no, I have Solly Marshall, like Ryan Giggs. That, that's coaching. That's a coaching issue. I hate Solly because they can they can do that, and for us we're just so we were tepid today. Yeah, there wasn't a huge amount of drive. There wasn't a huge amount of incisiveness. 
the minute you get the ball in the top in, into the, the Brighton third, it was like everyone had nosebleeds. Yeah. You know, Benteke, uh, sorry, um, Mateta actually had a couple of decent chances and Brighton Did, he left in front of it and stopped them from being They were good blocks, weren't opportunities. they? He didn't seem to catch them brilliantly, but they were good blocks, I think, but in it's, the box. But it's just, it's not good enough. No. It just isn't good enough. And I know that we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about it being Brighton and that, it meaning more, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, any opponent, if you, if you, if you have a game at your home stadium and all you see is, a, is the away team basically dominating throughout... You would... It, it's, it's a concern. That's a massive red flag. It's a massive red flag. Uh, again, fact, I do... You know, they are a good team. But, we, but there's no, there was no threat. No. There was no real threat. And the only reason we ended up getting a point is because their goalkeeper made a massive Literally error. Literally threw it into a it. A massive, massive error. No, uh, we don't... We don't I, I never felt confident going forward that we would score today, whereas every time Brighton went forward, they seemed more incisive than us. And maybe that's, like, confirmation bias. I don't, I don't know, but, like... I, we didn't. We just didn't look threatening. Obviously, there's no Wilf today, so maybe that's you know, there's that as well. But and there I is something missing. I appreciate that you have to tactically, you have to approach this game with the with the intent of stopping Brighton because they are so busy. Yeah. They're so active, especially in the final third. Those quick zipping passes can catch you out so quickly, and we had to do that. So I understand that. I appreciate that, but. Even in the counter, even on the counter, there was just nothing. Mateta in the first half really didn't do... Just wasn't a hugely convincing. Uh, ball doesn't really hold times. the ball up much. Doesn't Players don't really play off him. They don't really think he's going to win the ball, so they don't really try and go for the 50-50s that result from it. Yeah. And then you end up in the second half, you bring on Edouard, and it's just a little bit like a, a half-assed pass to one of your teammates, well, which then results in Brighton counter-attack. That one at the end, I mean, you know, when you're a, I, I get when you're a striker playing for Palace, the, you don't see the ball that often, you know, but it does mean that when it comes, you have to be precise. And that was such a sloppy result. Um, Akamada had done so well to beat his men and slip inside and who knows what would happen it might have fizzled out but like it it really like it was a poor such a poor touch and these are the moments that fans remember these are the moments that could determine games and at the moment we're just we're not making them work in our in our favour yeah it just it just felt very it just felt very weak and it's, we, a week is just a word that I keep using because it just feels, it kind of sums us up. We just look a little bit kind of, as, not, as the, the, the I, lack of a threat is really a concern. Is a lack of threat. I do think we were resilient today. I do, I, I do, and yeah. I, I, guess, I think we should chuck some pros on yes. the defence and the keeper. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We were both really good. Tompkins in particular. Yeah. I mean, when the team sheets came out, we were all like, oh, for God's sake. Like... Patron, some patrons uh, behind me, Nick, can vouch for this. I said that Tomkins would score from a set piece. I didn't think it was going to be like that. Um, I thought it'd be a thumping header, but it was just a soft cushioned one after Sanchez. I actually saw Joe FYP legend Joe Walker in the bar beforehand and said something similar as well, but I didn't really believe it as I was saying it. Um, but he has popped up. You know, he was he was pretty solid today, Tomkins. I don't, I don't really think Undav got the run on him. Much. No. Oh no. And I thought and, he and I was, he was he was okay. And, and in fairness, the threat for Brighton came from March Matoma. Yes, yeah. It didn't really come from any of their strikers. No. Like their, their, their Undav, I didn't even really notice. No. He, came, he went off and, uh, and, and Ferguson, Ferguson came on, and yeah. Ferguson I didn't really notice. Former, so, former Bose player. Yeah. Former Bose player. Yeah. Um, no, I thought they did well, and, 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 and Guaita, although never particularly that I can remember, tested 
much. He was fairly solid with all those kind of like pot shots that, that came to him. I guess couldn't really do much about the goal. I'm guessing it's slap defending at the back post from, from one of our defenders because March... I, can I kind of say for the record, I hate Solly March. <laughs> and and not, not just because of today. He's, he is my irrational Premier League hate. And I've always hated him because... He just, he just doesn't seem like a Premier League... He looks like a League One player that somehow ended up in a Premier League team. I will admit today, he looked very good. And he's obviously a player playing with confidence. He's had a really good run of form, as is Matoma as well. But I just hate it. There's something about him I just hate Solly March. So for him to pop up at the back post with a really good finish was absolutely awful for me. Um, but to be fair to Palace, look, we showed resilience. We got back into the game. Yes, fortunately, but you still got to push. And I thought for the, for the oh God, this is being generous, 10 minutes after the goal, maybe. We, you know, the crowd were up. We were up. We looked good, actually. We, I thought we looked quite, um, quite up for it. But overall, as a display, it's, no, it's not, an, it's not an encouraging one today. That was our winners and losers section. If you want to hear, I would say, probably one of our best winners and losers, actually, of recent of recent times, um, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash FYP podcast. Um, and after the break, we're going to preview Palace's 0-0 draw at Brentford. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fabry Pan Podcast. Part four, four. Part four. So it's time to preview our next game, which is away at Brentford on Saturday. Uh, we were just talking actually off air, Joe, weren't we, about the approach to Brentford's away end? Because I believe it's sort of like a modernised version of going in Luton Town's away end, <laughs> which is basically through someone's front room. Yeah, there's. In, I guess in order to get the uh, stadium greenlit by the local authorities and, and whatnot, because it is really tightly packed in, mm. despite being a new spec. It's right stadium. by the M4. Is it the M4? No, the yeah, it, yeah, it's or the A4. Yeah, yeah, and um, that road. The uh, to get into the way end, you it's not quite as tight as Kenilworth Road, but you are you are walking under. There's like a walkway between two blocks of flats above you as you sort of enter the sort of get near the away end. Uh, I wonder what they make of it. I mean, is there an escalator to get down to one level or something? Do I remember that from last that, year? That that seems familiar. Yeah, yeah. Just a strange. Feels like Vegas. A very very lopsided state. A bit like how the city ground can be. Like you know, it's all different heights of stands. Not that we can talk with sellers, but like uh, yeah, in order to accommodate sunlight or something. It's um. Oh really? Oh my word. So is, what, is, is that some sort of green? Is that a green thing, or just just because it's one of those, green, one of those green things? Is it yeah. one of those green things? <laughs> or maybe it might be. <laughs> All right, Duncan be, Ferguson. Yeah, might be a planning permission thing for the residents. I don't know. Yeah, it's but, interesting. Uh, I mean, it's I I'm looking forward to going on Saturday. Um, am I looking forward to the game, Jack? That's what I'm asking myself because actually um, Brentford, although they did get that. Um, very fortunate goal that shouldn't have counted against Arsenal. Mm. Uh, they've they're now unbeaten in ten games, mm. which I think might be a record for them in the top flight. Of cert- anyway, certainly played a lot run. of the played a lot of the top six in that run as well. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not going to be easy, is it at all? They are um, they're proper this season. I think a lot of people anticipated they were going to have troubles this season because the whole adage of second season syndrome. But um, they've been really impressive. Thomas Frank gets better. Each week and and looks 
looks more comfortable. He's got more trust in in a bigger group of players. And uh, oh, sorry, I am watching the Arsenal City game. It's really good. Don't tell me. <laughs> um, don't tell me. No, no, no. Um, uh, yeah, they look they look really good. They look really comfortable. Um, got yeah, some really lovely players. Um, I, I think it's going to be really, really, really difficult. As as was last Saturday, you know, I mean, we are playing a team in the top seven, so it's um, it's going to be a challenge away from home. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do repeat the nil-nil from last year, which I think, in terms of last season, was probably the worst game of football I saw Palace play last year. So, uh, hoping for a slightly uh, more entertaining uh, fixture this time around, although would take a repeat nil-nil if it did mean another point on the tally. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, Joe. I would probably take a nil-nil, um, which is uh, always a fun sentence to say on a Palace podcast. Um, what... Are we expecting from the manager? Do we think that either of our midfield cameos might get a start? I, I, I think I think I have to at some point. I don't think it's you know, maybe a mark against uh, Will Hughes, or I think he's actually timed his uh, performances in the team pretty well. He's, I, I think if it wasn't for how he played in the home fixture against United and even on even on Saturday against Brighton, I feel like we'd have seen Lukonga straight in. Um, and Lukonga, I think, has been signed to go straight into the team because mm-hmm. there's no buy clause, there's no option. Yeah, it's very point? much play, come in and help us and play and then you go back to Arsenal. So, you know, I'm sure we didn't get him for free either. I know the loan fees are this kind of quietly expensive market anyway, in a, even at Premier League level. So I think, I think you're going to see him and it'll be interesting to see how much that changes our team. I feel like a lot of our problems with creativity and, and even taking chances is how quickly we're getting the ball from defence to attack. And part of that is midfielders back to goal, not being able to turn pretty quickly or being as comfortable in position playing out uh, as someone like Lukonga would be. And so it might not be an immediate impact, but I'm, I'm putting almost a bit too much into him on Saturday, but I'm really keen to see the difference that he makes with the 90 minutes. Yeah, I mean, not not only are we probably expecting him to play, he's probably expected to play. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. have given up a, a seat on Arsenal's bench as they go for the title to for a seat on our bench. So I th- I'm I'm sure all parties, including him, are expecting him to start games sooner rather than later. Um, but no, he did. He did, as we said in the last part, I think he he looked very accomplished at this level. Um, and I think Will Hughes did go off with an injury, although how bad it is, we don't, we have no idea. Um, and, and I'd expect to see him. I don't think we'll see Ahamada from the start, but. There was a video released by Wilf of him kicking a football this week. And uh, in that video, you can also see Jerkham Anderson running around with a football. So those two could be uh, could be featuring too. We love, well, that'll be very soon for both. But we do love a training ground to reveal. Um, I've got two questions then. The first is, how do you get in? <laughs> <laughs> how much sunlight is there in the ground? Because if it's lower than a certain amount, I refuse to go. Um now, the second, the second question is who's going to play up front? <laughs> because I think that's a question we'll see after the first few parts, we should probably address. Before that, though, when was the last time we had a loan player that wasn't from a London club? Because that's only ever Chelsea or Arsenal that we got our loan players from. Can't think of anyone that's Chen- come recently. Shank Tosson from Everton. Oh, gosh, yeah. Shank Tosson. So we're going back to 2019. 2019, 20? 20? Yeah. 2018? No, 2019-20, I would guess that was. That uh, that might be wrong, but that that's my uh, no. I think that sounds about. I think that sounds about right. Yeah, um, just got injured really early, right? Yeah, yeah. having having scored away then, at City, away at City, and yeah. then 
one of the worst misses I've ever seen a Palace player yeah. make. And then I think he did his cruciate either in that same game or the yeah. next game. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Very, very Palace uh, cameo. Um, Joe, what were we thinking then for up top for the weekend? I mean, no one? Should we just go six across the middle? Well, we haven't. That's the one thing we haven't tried yet, I suppose. Is, is, <laughs> the, is, the, is the the sort of Spain twenty ten? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not have a striker. That strikers are for are for you know are for for jocks. Let's let's go really technical and mind you, I feel like we actually have probably. There's been some games where we've had a lot of midfielders on the pitch in all the, all areas. The, the Old Trafford game where we're chasing that equaliser. There are a lot of players on the pitch and I don't know where any of them are playing. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we have been seeing that and it didn't quite work. Um, but oh, I'm, I'm always in favour, given the choice, I, th- I think. Who's, who's their defence, Brentford? Like Ben Mee and Christian Ayer. Yeah. yeah. They're big guys, so maybe Mateta gets the nod again, but I, I'm always in favour of giving Edward the run. I, I feel like he's not confident at the moment, looking more kind of Gary Hooper than Henrik Larsson, but... <laughs> I would hope. I would hope that you know when he's had a run of games, there is still a goal there. You know whether it's the Southampton Cup game, uh, whether it's that sort of patch uh, just before the World Cup. Chelsea leads. Yeah, I, I, there may have been something that happened that gets him with disciplinary reasons or what. I don't know, uh, and I guess we'll never know. But I just, yeah, I just think we have something a little bit more. He doesn't seem to do very well as a sub. Certainly not. And so I, I feel like you're better off maybe starting him. Uh, I just, yeah, I'd rather see that. I feel, I'd rather uh, see I'd... that and then bring the court jester on, see what he does. The court yeah. jester. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree, but it just it feels feels a bit brutal. I do but... wonder that I have thought about the um, that if some stuff happens behind the scenes because comparing the two is not really fair on Edward because Edward is clearly the better footballer and the better yeah. striker and he's scoring goals at a better rate per minute than Mateta ever has. Yet we seem to now put them in the same bucket a little bit. Yeah. And just it's Maybe his time, I don't know, you don't want to suspect anything really, but something must be going wrong between Edward and the manager and the coaching staff because really he, he is a, a step above John Vellick Mateta. Well, he hasn't, he just, in recent times, he hasn't really taken his chances in terms of I mean, the, yeah, Saturday would have been an ideal time to come on and make something happen yeah. and prove that he is the better striker. And he just, he, he seems to lack confidence. He seems mm. a bit limp in the pass, limp in the tackle, limp everywhere. So it's just... just let's not suspect everywhere, but... Uh, I'd say that sounded, even coming out of my mouth, that sounded terrible. <laughs> wow, that sounds uh, even worse. Right, okay. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap the pod up. Um, <laughs> Me too. Do it quickly, please. So who knows what we'll see on, on Saturday, but... Uh, uh, we certainly won't see a lack of fight, I don't think, from uh, from Palace. Uh, or let's hope not. Anyway, anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for joining us, Joe. Great to have you on the pod, and I'll see you back in the players' lounge in a couple of weeks. Yeah, or if not, if not Brentford itself, it probably Brentford. Actually, yeah, I'd literally in those last five seconds, forgotten I was going to the game. <laughs> uh, Jack, I'll see you on Saturday as well. I will see you on Saturday. Yes, looking forward to it. Me too. Thank you. It's, to it's, it's one of the better away games. I hope so. Yeah. I've, I just so. pubs alone. Yeah. Uh, so just flagging for any any Palace fans that don't know, there is some uh, rail replacement service from East Croydon to Clapham. So you might want to, if you're getting a train to Cubridge, you might want to get it somewhere other than uh, Clapham, perhaps Waterloo or somewhere like that. 
Uh, Love that. Thank what you, service Jack. we provide on this podcast? Can, can I can I add another public service announcement? Is Please do. Don't spend an hour looking for your Brighton away ticket because the club are reissuing them. <laughs> right. So learn okay. from my mistake. That was an hour of my Sunday that I won't get back. <laughs> you Delighted to find it, and now it's yeah. redundant. Did it for the fans, though, didn't you? <laughs> did it for yeah. the listeners. Did, yeah. did it did it to not do other domestic chores that I've been tasked with, to be honest. <laughs> well played, sir. Right, that's it. We're back next week. Patrons get a post-match product course at the weekend. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. Podcast Network.